Welcome to the Hygiene Profit Leaders Podcast, where we give you weekly tools and tips to teach you how to grow your hygiene department. We are your go-to resource on everything you need to turn your hygiene department into a profit center. My name is Rachel Paul, and joining me is my amazing co-host, Vicki Collier. Hey, Rachel. Good to see you again. <laughs> hey, Vicki. Good to see you, too. So um, we always like to start these podcasts out with uh, an interesting fact or something fun. Mm-hmm. And um, I know that we both do a lot of traveling, oh, yeah. and um, I thought I'd ask you, what is the craziest travel experience you've had so far? Oh, there have been a lot of them, Rachel. <laughs> um, one that sticks out to me is that uh, storms came through New York. Every airport in New York was, was closed. So I contacted my travel arranger. She said, get on the last flight to Baltimore. It's right there. Just keep So I ran to, to, this, to this flight. Now I'm going to Baltimore instead of New York. Um, from Baltimore, I had to catch a train. Oh I um, didn't realize until I was on the train that it was a three-hour train ride uh, to New York. Uh, ended up in Penn Station at midnight and then took a cab and didn't tell the cab driver where I was going, which was about 45 minutes away, until I shut the door because I was afraid he was going to put me out. Oh, no. <laughs> so I had the whole planes, trains, and automobiles experience in one day. Oh, so. <laughs> wow. Oh, my goodness. But you made it. I did. I made it. I was at the training the next morning on time. So, yeah. You know. it, it, that's one thing I can say about all of our trainers in our company is, but we we do whatever we can do to make yeah, it happen. I don't know what the postal service is. It's still you know neither snow nor rain nor dark of night or whatever. Right, that we should be all of it. That should be our motto too. <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, thank you for listening today, everyone. We are going to talk about this is episode three, and we're going to talk about how to create a successful periodontal program. And I know mm. we touched on this just briefly in the first episode right. on the standard of standard care, but care. yeah, but we're, we're going to dive deeper into that. And, you know, one thing that I don't think um, people realize is um, the number one lawsuit in dentistry today is actually failure to treat and diagnose periodontal disease. Right. So it's, and I'm not saying that to like scare people, but it, it is a reality right. and it's a fact. And, right. and you know this as we go into all these offices and we train them and coach their hygiene team. And we notice that those perio numbers are so low. Low. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's scary, especially when we know how many people have periodontal disease. Absolutely. Um, but my, I think my numbers would have looked the same, Rachel, in my office. I was treating perio. Right. But I did a lot of periodontal treatment that I called a prophy. Right. And it came back down to that same thing with other services we talked about last time. I assumed no one wanted to pay for something their insurance didn't cover. But right. because I'm conscientious and want to give them the very best, I just you know, killed myself trying to get this patient right. healthy again. But I didn't see the benefits profit-wise because I was charging it as a profi. Right. And I, and I, so many levels. And we see that so often, right? right? So I always tell offices and a lot of, you know, we do an analysis when we go into offices and I always show the doctor and they immediately think, oh my gosh, my hygienists aren't treating periodontal disease. And I'm actually, I always tell them, you know, what's probably happening is they're over-treating, meaning right. they're doing all this work, yet they're not charging out mm-hmm. for it. And when you don't charge out for it, the patient doesn't see the value. Right, exactly. Right? So if the patient doesn't see the value, and now you're wanting them to come in every three months for perio maintenance, yeah. it's probably not going to happen. Absolutely. Why, why would you do something different than you've been doing? Right. You know? I'll never forget, I had um, a hygienist that so went in and did this training, and prior to the training, um, she was doing about 3% active period. Mm-hmm. So out of all of her codes being charged out in hygiene under her provider, 
3% was active periodontitis. Right. And the goal is you really want that to be closer to 25, right. even up to 40%, right? Right. right. And so um, at, at the end of the day, she said, well, this, this has been great because I really feel like I understand better that what what I thought I was doing them a favor was yeah. actually not guess well. So I went back three months later and her numbers shot up to uh, 23%. Wow. In three wow. months. And so yeah. I asked her, so what, you know, what allowed you to do that? And she said, a light bulb just went off. Right. When you were here, a light bulb went off that I knew I was providing a great service to my patients, but what I wasn't doing is putting them in the proper perio program. Right. So instead right. of... She had the best of intentions. Best of intentions. Yeah. And then she just, she just realized that she thought was doing the best thing for them was actually hindering them because then they weren't coming in as often as she needed yeah. them to. Yeah. They didn't see the value. It was a lose-lose on both it cases. It was a lose-lose. Yeah, the patient didn't get it. She just assumed that the hygienist was taking care of her. She didn't need to do anything more. And then, obviously, the hygienist is killing herself, going home with a sore neck and sore hands and Absolutely. carpal tunnel or whatever else and not getting paid right. for that service at the end of the day. So, Well, and also, I'm wondering, like, how long? It must have taken you a long time to scale and polish that patient, <laughs> right? right? Yeah. So if you look at, like, what really is a prophy? Sure. I mean, we say a prophy. Uh, the actual scaling part is... 20 minutes. Right. So when you start, when when I hear this a lot, we just don't have enough time. Well, how much time are you spending scaling yeah. the patient? If you're spending more than 20 minutes with a scaler and polisher in your hands, you're probably doing periotherapy and not doing just a profile. Exactly. Which means now you've run out of time to offer those high-level services we've talked about in the past. Absolutely. Fluoride or desensitizers or even take your intraoral camera pictures. Right, yeah. Um, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, full mouth set of x-rays. We don't have time for don't that have today. Time for that. Yeah. Yep, too bad. So, um, yeah, so let's just go through, you know, elements of a successful periodontal program. What should be included in that? I think first you need a written protocol. I mean, what defines your, your periodontal program in your office and each stage of that disease from gingivitis? Right, you know? which is the beginning stage, and so many offices actually don't even have a protocol no. for that. And how many times have we as hygienists, you know, had a patient come in, bleeding everywhere, you know, and yet we say, okay, see, brush better, we'll and see start you in six flossing. months. Yeah. Right. Yeah, start, exactly. We'll see you in six months. Um, and how often does that and yeah, then they come back right. six months later, and it's the same thing. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, they think, you know, oh, it's just just a little bit of bleeding. Yeah. Right. So, and, okay. and, and what does that convey to the patient? You know, okay. it's okay. It's, it must be normal. She said right. to come back in six months. You know, right. it had been four years before, so I guess six months is, you know, I don't know. Yeah. But, yeah, I think having a written protocol among the team, this goes back mm -hmm. to that standard of care that we right. talked about, so that everyone is on the same page. So mm -hmm. that when you see those protocols, when you see that patient and they fit in the parameters of your protocol, you know exactly where, what, what course of action to take. Absolutely. There's no questions. The hygienist doesn't have to wait until the doctor to come in and blesses their recommendation. The doctor and the hygiene team are on the same page. If you see these things, if you see these pocketing dips, if you see this uh, attachment loss. If you see whatever is, is your protocol, right. you know that it falls under this and you can go ahead and get that patient on board with that treatment plan and get the doctor. Absolutely. And, and I talked about this in the first episode about the office I was in where the three hygienists all had a different, right. they were all approaching gingivitis differently. Sure. And not to say that any of them were right or wrong, but they were all on different pages. So again, just getting together and you know, what we're, What are we going to do when this patient type of patient comes in, Absolutely, right? I right, think that's so important. Right. Next, I think, is an easy to understand treatment plan. 
you know, have that, have this written out, have this where you can sit side by side with your patient, gloves off, mask off. It is that you go through that and show here's what we'll do this time. This right. is going to be the first visit is going to consist of this. The second visit will consist of this. Third visit is this. But the patient needs to start buying in mm -hmm. to the fact that this is a disease that they've got to own. Right. Um, I think sometimes we as, as clinical professionals, we own their problems a whole lot more than they do. Right. Um, so we've got to get to a point where here's what we offer, here's what you mm -hmm. need because of the disease that you have. But it needs to be able to, for them to understand. You know, I think sometimes we overlook that. Absolutely. I, I like it when offices have a have a folder with these nice treatment plans. And I mean, you can customize sure. those with the patient, but it has, you know, what to be expected at each visit. Cause that's another thing. I feel like there's miscommunication where the patient right. doesn't really understand what is happening at each visit. And Rachel, so that's think, how you create that value. Right? I think that's makes a good point. Um, a, a nice formal document. Right. Um, I was in an office just recently and that's something they decided to do mm -hmm. because they were just running off something on their old, crappy copy machine, yeah, I mean, you know, yeah. for lack of a better word there, yeah. but they said, you know, it just looked bad. You could tell the ink was nearly out. And so how much is that really going to, if you pull out your, your, your halfway written down treatment plan right. and it looks like you've pulled it out of a drawer and had to, is the patient really going to see the value? In that? I mean, you know, or even it, like we talk about owning it, if I, sure. that doesn't look Right. Yeah. It looks like, like an serious. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, so, you know, maybe that doesn't make a big difference, but I think with our patients, we do, we've got to, we've got to cross our T's and dot our I's because they are, they, they're looking for a lot of little things. We want to make sure we get the little things right. Absolutely. And I also think it's important to add into those treatment plans, a home care package. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. as you know, it's, we have to give that responsibility on them. Right. Right. And within that visit, we need to take time to educate them and Show them how to use it. I mean, people do not know how to use an electric toothbrush. No, right, right. <laughs> so do not assume they do. But, you know, also what what type of take-home medicaments are you recommending yeah. to them? There's a yeah. lot of great products out there. They sure. have antioxidant gel. You've got your Paradex. And there's so many different things. So that should be included in that protocol and, and really put it on the treatment plan. And, and Rachel, they need to understand that there is some homework on their part right, as well. Right. We, we don't want them to think, well, I just, this is my appointment. She's going to handle this and I have nothing else to do to, to, to maintain this or to, to maintain the, the, the progress here. Right. Um, we want them to, to use the products and to, uh, to, to kind of recognize some ownership with their homework. Right. And, and I've, I've seen this. I know you have too. When you can get a patient to get fully involved with that, they get excited. Oh, sure. They come in yeah. and, oh, have you noticed I've been using my water pick? And, right. they're, they're, and right. you can tell a big difference yeah. in that. So that then that's motivating for them to keep coming exactly. in, right? Exactly. Keep up with that. Yeah. I'm also think it's important for um, you to get on the same page with your team was what, what type of adjunctive therapies are you, sure. are you using? Yeah. I was um, in an office not too long ago and they had a rest in. And when I did an analysis, I noticed that one hygienist was she had a ton of arrest and procedures on her mm -hmm. analysis mm -hmm. and another hygienist didn't. I see it all the time, yeah. And I was like, okay, so let's talk about this. And um, so they just weren't on the same page right. with when they were using right. it, right? And, and again, I'm not there to tell you when to use it, but I think it's important that yeah. we have to get on the same page, exactly. right? Exactly. Um, or lasers. I mean, lasers is the hot thing now. Yeah. You know yeah. that. A lot sure. of offices are using them. And um, if you're not in a state that currently allows you to use them, just Hang in there. Fingers crossed That's for right. all of those other states. That's yeah, right. Because I'm but hearing such good things about that. A lot of people are 
finding that the lasers are giving them a better result than even some of the locally applied antibiotics. Right, so. yeah, absolutely. So um, just thinking about what type of adjunct adjunctive therapies you are going to incorporate into your practice and then, and then add that to that treatment plan right. as well. Um, and then also, you know, one of the most important things you have to have a protocol for when a patient refuses treatment. Right. Right? I had one office that told me one time, I said, well, we didn't know they refused until they didn't show up. Right. Now, that's probably the ultimate refusal right yeah, that there. That seems like they, a pretty... They, they've got two hours <laughs> on their schedule. Your sign, and right? they, yeah, yeah. You, you've, you've saved two hours on your schedule for them and now they haven't shown up. That's their the indication. So right. absolutely, some sort of protocol for you know, a patient has to sign that they accept treatment or I refuse this treatment so right. that you know how to move forward. Right, absolutely. You know? And then what do you do for that patient refuses treatment? I had a, um, a daughter tell me that if their patient refuses treatment, they dismiss them. And I have some offices say, well, we would never do that. And that's fine. But you've got to have a plan. It doesn't matter. You've got to have a plan. But what is your plan going to yeah, be? Yeah, this doesn't mean now that they've refused this treatment that you as the hygienist are going to kill yourself. To, to right. There's got to be a, you've got to have, and this well, should and be it's decided. Also, it's not fair for the patient that accepts the treatment. So you just can't go in yeah. there and go yeah. underneath the gums and do all this perio for the right. patient that just doesn't want to pay for it. But this has to be planned well in advance. This cannot Absolutely. be a, a, a deer in the headlight sort of conversation. No. You've got, you can't be taken by surprised by this. this right. And you have to your have your, your hygienist and your doctor, everyone has to back each other yeah. up. Yeah. And practice right? that verbiage. Practice what you're going to say right. and stand behind it. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, and then finally, you know, the the best way to be successful is to have a tracking system. Oh, like sure. what are you go through, look and see what your current yeah. numbers are and set goals to do that. Um, I know we have so much verbiage that we give them to help and tracking right. systems yeah. to, to look at this, but um, that's a big part of it as well. So yeah, if you don't know wh where your numbers were to start with, you're certainly not going to know if you're getting better if you're not taking a look at that's it. That's right. Yeah. It's your only measuring tool for success. So Absolutely. I say that all the time. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Be sure to subscribe to Hygiene Profit Leaders podcast on iTunes. We have new episodes coming at you live every Tuesday at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can also visit our website, hygieneprofitleaders.com. Uh, we have a previous podcast on that website. You can download notes and learn more about who we are and what we do to help you grow your hygiene department. So stay educated.